Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. You know, we concluded last week's broadcast with a question that Shanti asked the three categories of couples. You know, the highly happy, mostly happy, and struggling. Here's the question. Many couples have heard that it's important to not go to bed mad. When you and your spouse get into an emotional conflict and at bedtime it is still unresolved, how do you actually handle it? Well, all three categories of couples agreed that resolving anger before bed is a good idea. Yet more than half the time, they go to bed with the conflict unresolved. Is this wrong? Shanti says, I suppose it could be. But her research shows that even for highly happy couples, it seems to work just fine. The most noteworthy finding by far in her data is in the differences among those who said that they go to bed with it unresolved and it remains unresolved. Her data shows that when the struggling couples go to bed mad, and nearly 94% of them do, 41% don't resolve it later. In other words, struggling couples are eight times more likely to say, once we go to bed with it unresolved, we tend to just not deal with it later, and it remains unresolved. Shanti concludes, The difference, then, is not in what couples believe or even do on the evening of the conflict. The difference is what happens later. Just 5% of highly happy couples let a conflict go unresolved. Yes, they were okay with sleeping on it, but if the disagreement still seemed important the next day, they dealt with it. Said another way, highly happy couples find that when they can't resolve conflict and anger before bedtime, they choose to sleep on it. If anger remains in the morning, they don't let it go unresolved. They deal with it. Shanti says that although many yes couples mention the scriptural advice to never let the sun go down on your anger, which they translated as don't go to bed mad, in practice, these couples didn't always follow their own advice. Why? because they had found that not trying to fully resolve conflict at bedtime sometimes allowed them needed emotional space and actually helped boost marital happiness. In fact, many of the happier couples reported that trying to resolve all conflict before bed can sometimes be hurtful. As one spouse put it, trying to force it can make it worse when you have two upset, tired people trying to hash something out at 3 o'clock in the morning. Another said, You sometimes reach a point late at night where you know nothing good is going to come from this point on and it's better to have some processing time. That's bad if it's a long-term avoidance tactic, but good if it's self-awareness that we'll get a better result tomorrow. Especially since, as his wife chimed in, we sometimes find that it doesn't even really matter tomorrow. Sometimes we are so put out with one another and the next morning we're like, Why were we so mad about this? And we figure it out in five minutes. Remember my number one rule of communication. Until the emotions of the situation are dealt with, the facts don't matter. The bottom line seems to be instead of sticking to a rule about anger having to be resolved before a given time of night, the rule the happy couple stuck to was to not let stuff build up that would ultimately make them unhappy with each other later. 
Shanti says that she frequently sees young couples unintentionally hurting each other or their relationship because they've been told it is so dangerous to go to bed mad. So, when it gets late and the argument isn't resolved, one or both spouses feels panicky about needing to resolve it right now. Or the next morning they feel so guilty that they didn't. As one young wife told Shanti, I start to worry that we aren't doing marriage right, so I can't afford to let him have space because we can't let the sun go down on our anger. This concern can start an unnecessary cycle of pressure and even recriminations that can be much more damaging than the original conflict. It would be great to take the pressure off well-intentioned couples who secretly worry they are setting themselves up for failure when, in fact, they may be reacting and handling things in a very healthy way. I know. You hope I'll give you a verse that you haven't found before that says something like, Sometimes things go better in the morning. Well, I don't think such a verse exists. However, there are two texts worth looking at together. The first is the well-known and oft-quoted Ephesians 4.26, and the New Living Translation renders it this way, And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. The other verse is in Psalm 4.4, Don't sin by letting anger control you. Think about it overnight and remain silent. Each admonition has the same first half, but a different second half. One seems to say, don't wait. The other seems to say, waiting might be a good idea. Eric Sunquist, a respected leader in Christian counseling and the national director of Safe Harbor Christian Counseling, says this about the off-quoted verse from Ephesians. Everything I know about interpreting the Bible makes me think that that passage doesn't mean you have to resolve something before you see the orange ball dip below the horizon. It means, in general, that when you see conflict, forgive, resolve. The problem is that when it is late at night and one person needs time to process and doesn't get that time, it puts them at a disadvantage. You're trying to have this conversation and the other person doesn't have their feet on the ground to figure out what they are feeling. I see this with men, especially, all the time. It is not a level playing field for the one who needs to think it through first. So if you need to, it is usually okay to wait until both people know what they're thinking and feeling. And in most cases, you'll usually have much better communication in the morning. You know, this is directly related to the differences in the way men and women handle stress. By definition, when I'm angry, I'm stressed out. And as we've said before, in general, women handle stress by talking about it. For it's in talking about it that they figure out how they feel about it, and once they know how they feel about it, they can deal with it. Men, on the other hand, in general withdraw under stress and don't talk about it until they've had a chance to decompress and process the issue mentally. Shanti says that in all these conversations about processing anger according to biblical guidelines, an important distinction surfaced. Happy couples had discovered the difference between resolving their anger and resolving the issue. In practice, they would try especially hard to talk through or deal with their anger or hurt feelings before bed, even if the issue itself wasn't yet resolved. 
It wasn't always possible, of course, but even a little bit of forgiveness or reconnection sometimes made a big difference. There's a difference between resolving your conflict and having anger about it, one experienced marriage mentor told her. The biblical principle of do not let the sun go down in your anger doesn't mean we always agree or reach agreement. It's that we try to not have anger about it if we can, because that is where the devil will try to get you. Let's look again at one of the basic differences between men and women. According to brain science and the surveys Shanti did, men will usually want and need more time than women to process unwanted feelings and will need to think it through internally instead of talking it through. Thus, in a nighttime emotional disagreement, a thoughtful husband is quite likely to want to think things through overnight. First, so he actually knows what he feels, and second, so he doesn't let hurtful things fly in the heat of the moment. By contrast, it's far more likely that the wife will be the one who wants to keep talking, no matter how late. She needs to work through her unwanted feelings and come to the reassurance that we're okay before she can let it go enough to sleep. As one husband summarized, I tend to go to bed with a clearer mind than she does because I know that eventually we'll be okay and in the morning, we'll reconnect just fine because we got a good night's sleep. That is typical for men. But women worry about it and process it while they lie there in bed. They want a clear mind, but they can't until they have resolution. Ultimately, in yes couples, both spouses were willing to hang in there and pursue something before bed or to wait until the morning, if doing either mattered a great deal to their spouse. The key ingredient was trying, if possible, to reach what one husband called relational peace. One happily remarried husband told Shanti, Once my brain has gone fuzzy, I'll still try to invest a little more since she wants to get it resolved, and on her part, she'll understand we may not be able to. But we'll at least recognize where we are and affirm that things will be okay. His wife agreed, one of the things we're trying to work on is to say we can't fix all this right now, she said, but we can reassure each other before we go to bed that we are committed. Knowing we'll be okay is what is important. What Shanti has found is in line with one of the recommendations I make to couples as a part of gaining more mutual understanding. I suggest that when the couple is having a time of heated fellowship and the man feels he needs to withdraw to process things, I suggest he make the following statement. I have way too much emotional investment at this time to talk about this. I need some time to think and process. But you need to know from my point of view, we're okay. If she feels the relationship is okay, she'll give him the space he needs to process. Well, our time's gone for today. Next week, we'll wrap up this topic and begin to look at the topic of keeping score. Have a great weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.